0: You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Create Photography Retreat. We just got back from the retreat. We had so much fun there. If you weren't able to make it in 2019, we hope you can come join us and focus on moving down the path towards mastering your photography by coming to the retreat in 2020. We actually don't know where the retreat is going to be held or when in 2020 because we want to let you listeners help us with where that should be what's going to be something that would appeal to you and make it so that we can get the most listeners to attend the retreat you you can uh, let us know by going to create photography com slash 2020 and fill out a very simple like less than five minute survey again that's create dot com slash 2020 and tell us where you would like the retreat to be i sure hope we can see you there Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to the show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, Trevor Daly. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Hey, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Why don't you take just a second here and for the few listeners, because you're you're just so popular and famous, I I bet (laughs) most already know you. But for those that might not, tell us a little about yourself.
1: Well, I appreciate that I don't know if I'm popular and famous yet, although my my uh, family knows all about me. so <laughs> um, you know I, so I'm based out of Arizona. Uh, I've been a wedding photographer for about twelve years. Um, absolutely love doing it. It's actually something that I uh, was doing when I was young, uh, not wedding photography, of course, but I picked up a camera and I always say my mom told me I used to uh, walk around with a basketball in one hand and a camera in the other. so nice. Uh, it's just something that I've always loved doing. I've uh, been doing it, like I said, for about twelve years. I think some people might have uh, might recognize my name only because I had been writing for F Stoppers for a little while. So um, it's a website where I was putting out lots of education, and I I just love teaching. I love helping other photographers in the industry. Um, I've done lots of conferences, WPPI, and you know the different conferences around the world. So uh, so you might have seen my name out there a few times here and there, but but for the most part, uh, uh, you know, just my own wedding business, doing about 25, 30 weddings a year. Uh, I oh I, I guess I forgot a big key part to this. Jeff is uh, in addition to that. I also work with Magmod. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so I guess that's a that's another place. If if you're in the Magmod community, you might have seen me on the videos and things like that as well.
0: So right, right, all right. So are you like sponsored by Magmod or are you? What's the relationship there? Yeah. No, that's a great question. So about four four and
1: a half years ago, I started using Magmod gear and I absolutely loved it. Right. Um. Just fell in love with the stuff and I was using it in a lot of my weddings. And the owner of Magmod, his name is Spencer. And Spencer was kind of like, hey, Trevor, you know, I'm looking for somebody that can help teach photographers. You like to teach. You like MagMod. Feels like it's a good fit. What do you think? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So I actually I came on board basically uh, in, a, in a, a kind of an educational role uh-huh. at MagMod. Uh-huh. So my job there is essentially just to teach other photographers how I use MagMod gear in my work, as well as kind of introduce them to other photographers using MagMod. So I, I run kind of their influence program. Uh, working with uh, different photographers around the world that use Magmod gear. And then I also do a lot of their videos. If you go to the YouTube channel, uh, any of the Magmod videos, you'll see my face typically in there.
0: Yeah. So. And there's the, uh, what, the the, 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 how they shot it or what, what is it you call that video series you do on YouTube?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. There's a, a basically, I go and interview photographers and let them explain how they, sh- you know, shot certain photographs and how they set up their lighting and it's called the how I shot it series. How I shot it. Okay. Yeah. So if they were to search, you know, magnet mod, uh, how I shot it, you would see a lot of those videos and there's a lot of educational videos as well where I talk about how I use gels and, you know, light control, things like that. Right. So
0: Super cool. Yeah. Listeners, you should go check out those, the the YouTube channel for magnet mods. You can, it's you're going to see a lot more visually. We're going to do an audio podcast, which is way really challenging to kind of walk through what it is we're going to try to do today. Um, you know, you know, you know what I out. love about it though, Jeff. I I love the
1: idea that you know as photographers, the, one of the main tools that we forget to use oftentimes is just our 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 um our what what's the word I'm looking for? Our visualization, our our you know our creative side, kind of in our mind, uh-huh, and we have uh-huh. to visualize things. And often, the best photographers that I know are the ones that can visualize a scene. And then set up to create it. It's not just looking at a scene and saying, okay, I can take, you know, snap this photo here, but it's like, okay, what can I make from this scene? How can I visualize it? So I think having an audio podcast is actually really cool because it allows photographers kind of use that
0: side of their brain and kind of help visualize things. Well, plus a huge portion of our audience, they're not full time. They are. Mm -hmm. So they're while they're commuting or while they're washing the dishes or whatever else they're doing where they, you know, audio is really the only way that they can, they can stay with us. Video just takes your time. You have to do it. So so it's well, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's 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 a good show. We talk about it a lot too. That yeah, we, we mastering your photography. Which I was a little nervous when we first named. We've talked about this before. Like people are going to think, well, that means we are saying we're masters of photography. And that's not what it is. It's it's helping people towards mastering photography, yeah. and and that we we want to make it so that you, they have the tools or they they hear tips and techniques and things that to do. That are going to help them to create, make photos, like you said, rather than take a photo. Because anyone mm-hmm. can push the shutter button. That's not hard. Mm-hmm. But understanding how to do more with it so that you are creating and, and realizing a creative vision is what we are trying very hard to help lots of photographers to uh, to figure out how to do. It. And so that's what we're going to awesome. do. All right. So I let, love it. Let's jump into <laughs> this then. Um, w- what I wanted to do, we, we've talked about MagMod stuff a lot on the show. But it's been more in like just mentioning it, like because Erica makes it; it's a huge part of her work. Uh, Connor, I think, uses them. There's there's a lot of the podcast hosts that we just like the gear, like you. We we got into the gear because it works and it's really good stuff. And so, but what we've never done is gone through like each individual component and talked about it so that uh, the listeners can have kind of an understanding like where maybe they should jump in, what they should start out with, that kind of thing, which is going to be different for everybody. They're all going to have to decide on their own needs, what yeah. it is they might want to start with. So I wanted to go through kind of the, the basic components, the basic things that Magnat yeah. offers today, talk about what they're for, what they do, how to use them a little bit. And then it, we'll, we'll try to get into some lighting setups too that, that you've done a lot of good education on. So let, let's start cool. right there at the beginning. That's all right with you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, for those who aren't familiar with MagMod, it's basically MagMod. It, it, if you take that word and just kind of divide it up, it, the, the official name of the company is Magnet Mod. Right, right. Um, standing, basically, standing for magnet modifiers. So, imagine having modifiers on your flash that are all attached via magnets. Um, the difference between that versus what's out there right now is a lot of times the, the modifiers that we put on our flashes either go with Velcro, right. some with adhesive. Um, maybe with a strap or tape of some kind. Um, so magnet mod is basically different in that we start with a, there's a, what we call a mag grip. And it's basically a piece of silicone that has these two very strong magnets, these neodymium magnets in it on the side of it. And that fits over essentially any speed light flash that's out there. So if you, you know, if you have a flash that has kind of that rectangular uh, top on it, even the new Profoto A1s, the round heads, yeah. uh, it, even people have been able to get it over the top of that, but it's basically just a, a big, huge silicone rubber band with these magnets on the side of it. I mean, if I, if I'm helping people visualize it, that's how right, I describe right. it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And those two magnets now, once it's on your flash, uh, those two magnets basically allow you to attach any of the modifiers so we have a, a modifier like what we call our mag grid so everything starts with mag we got a mag sphere mag bounce, mag grid mag snoot um, but like the grid for example you can just pop it right on your flash and literally within you know seconds uh, you, you've gridded your flash which means essentially you're controlling the light so you're not having the light spill all over your scene uh, we have a mag sphere which is an omnidirectional. A light modifier. So you can put it on your flash if you're shooting like in a small or medium sized room and you want to add a little bit extra ambient light. Um, I also love using the mag sphere with the mag grid, uh, which it sounds kind of silly because a lot of times when people think of a a mag sphere, if you go look at a picture of it, it's kind of like a, almost like a dome, like a, like a a dome that you'd put on top of your flash. But when you think about it, you go, okay, that's going to spread the light all over the place and a grid is going to control the light. Well, what's cool with the magnets is you can stack one on top of the other. And you know, people go, "Well, why would you stack a grid with the screw <laughs> right. Like, wouldn't those are like opposite of, things? There, right? yeah, when yeah. they counteract each other, exactly. So, but what's cool about it is when you when you stack it on top of each other, you actually get this really nice control of light, and then you get this kind of soft transition on the edges from from light to shadow. Right. And so, you know, oftentimes when we use a flash, the reason that we especially if you're beginning in flash photography the reason you don't tend to like it too much is because it looks very flashy right right you've ever heard that word before where people are like it you can just tell yeah, a flash like, was used it looks like christmas neat. day photos from your parents that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go exactly so and they don't want that flashy look and so they'll say no i want to be natural like i don't want that flashy look um but what i found is when you stack that mag sphere and the mag grid on top of each other you get this beautiful transition of light and so you you know you start with a lower flash power and it just looks it looks beautiful um it's almost like a like a spotlight, but with a nice transition on the edges. Um, but we have the MagMod uh, lineup. They have uh, Mag Snoots, where if you want just a really focused pin of light, they have a thing called the Mag Beam, where the Mag Beam allows you to to send light. I like to think of Have you ever seen a lighthouse? We don't have lighthouses out here in Arizona, right? <laughs> but if you think of like the coast of Maine, you think of those lighthouses, right? right? Um, and that beam of light that shoots out. And 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 why do they? Or let me ask you a better question, Jeff. Do you know what? creates that beam of light. you know what kind of lens they f- use up there? A Fresnel lens. There you go, a Fresnel lens, exactly. <laughs> and so that Fresnel lens basically allows you to send that beam of light out in the ocean so the, the boats can see it, right? And so MagMod has what they call a MagBeam, which basically uses a Fresnel lens on the front and it allows you to send this beam of light. Uh, we have wildlife photographers using it when they want to take pictures of birds and things like that in the distance and they want to light them up to, you know, maybe uh, set them apart from the sky, for example, or even create a little catch light in their eye. Um, I also love using it on weddings when I'm trying to shoot across, maybe like a pond, for example, right, and I want right. the couple on the other side of the pond, but I, I don't want my assistant to get wet. Um, but I need a I need a light on them. And so I'll use a mag beam and just be able to light them up from a distance. Uh, or even if you love photography, but you hate photoshopping light stands out of your photographs, <laughs> then the mag beam is perfect to, <laughs> you know, to set it up a little ways further back. So, okay. Um, yeah, that mag beam is actually, it can even be converted into another tool where you can create patterns of light on walls and things right. like that. Uh, so that 's kind of cool um let 's see mag bounce is one more mag bounce is is if you 're using it in large rooms so you want you don 't have like a wall to bounce off of you basically have a uh what we call the mag bounce on your flash and allows you to um, send a very efficient uh, light source ahead. I use it a lot on wedding receptions and i 'll go around the room and i 'll be shooting my flash at like one one twenty eighth power or one sixty fourth power very very low power even though i 'm in a large ballroom and I get this beautiful um, kind of Pattern under the nose, a paramount or butterfly light pattern. It looks really pretty. So just all kinds of modifiers to basically control and modify and color. That's the last thing I forgot to mention was color your light. So if you want to, you know, either color correction, or if you just want to add, you know, some cool color, like for example, I'm going to do a high school senior session this afternoon. Uh, actually I should say this evening around five Uh o'clock. And when I go out, I plan on actually one of the shoots I'll do, or one of the types of photographs I'll do with this high school senior, is I'll put some color on one of my flashes that will match his school colors. So whether it be red or blue or green, um, basically, and I'll, I'll create one photograph that kind of includes those school colors in it. So just something kind of fun and u-
0: unique and different and nice to play with. Which is something um, all of our the photographers are looking for. You they need to find something that's going to differentiate you from all of the photographers. The, the whole industry's really getting saturated with a lot of people who yeah. have a, a nice camera, they, they've become very inexpensive to be able to get really nice cameras. And now yeah. everybody can be a photographer. Like we were talking about, anyone can click the shutter button now. So having something that looks a little different in in the colors is is really fun. And that this is really what sets apart to me mag mod from other kits because you can certainly accomplish all of these looks with other kits there's other things mm-hmm. that can produce the same results and some less expensive for sure but yeah. the the difference is the primary difference to me is the convenience of of being able to actually try things out on the shoot you have this senior photo shoot this this afternoon this evening that you've yeah. got. And if you had to go and say, well, okay, I want to try a, uh, a CTO gel on this. Hold on a second. I'm going to go grab the gel and I'm going to tape it to the top of the lens and yeah. th- then we'll shoot. That's going to take some time. They're like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. How long is this going to be? <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's so nice to be able to just like, if, if you already had the, the mag grid and mag sphere on your flash, you just peel those off, stick the, uh, the little holder. Does that have a name? What's the, the name of that piece? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The one that holds the gels, yeah. is just called the mag gel.
0: Okay. The mag gel, you yeah. stick the mag gel yeah. on there that has the gel inside. It takes literally two, three seconds to do this. Yeah. Stick yeah. the gel inside, put the mag gel on, slap the grid and the, and the sphere back on and shoot. And you're going, and there's yeah. like no wait time for the, the, yeah. and, and you, the creative process can happen without it costing you a bunch of time and your clients getting, you know, impatient yeah. <laughs> to, to move on. You know, I, I totally agree with you. I think one of the things that
1: that um, it kind of impedes our creativity on shoots is when we have to think about other things like, you know, okay, where do where's the tape so I can tape this right. gel on my flash? Or, hey, where did that gel go? Right. Like, you know, those little <laughs> thin gels. I don't know how many of those I got carried away in the wind when I was on shoots previously. Um, you know, and, and that's what's nice. Of, like you're saying about MagMod is it just makes it fast, easy, and awesome. Those are the three words we like to describe MagMod with is, you know, making it fast, making it quick and easy. And of course, being able to create awesome photography with it. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I agree with you. I love the way you explained it much better than I did. No, <laughs> oh, no, not really.
0: But <laughs> it's just it really works. It's really good good stuff. So there's there's some starter there's yeah. some kits that are out on the side. So like we talked about, magnetmod.com is the website where you can go check all this stuff out and they have like a starter flash kit for example that will give you the mag sphere the mag grid the mag grip that that's the thing that goes on the flash that you have got to have and even the mag yep. gel with um, with some of the um, gels that you can have they have four different kinds there's creative artistic standard and advanced so with yep. different color sets and so there's there's uh, a, a way to get started there that's that's good then there's also the mag beam kit so that's something that's again the the Fresnel lens that allows you to to send your light longer distances and that's going to come with the mag beam the tele lens the wide lens and the mag mask standard and that's what we're talking about where you can make shapes with stuff in the background yeah and that it just makes a really cool effect so, uh, so those are the things that are on the site. If you go there, I, I know I've, I've heard some photographers say, I go there and I, I don't know what I'm supposed to get. Where do I even start? So start at the starter kit. That's why it's there. It's the starter kit yeah. and, and get some experience with that equipment, take it out, give it a try, test it. Um, you know, maybe even offer like, Hey, I'm, I want to go test some new gear. Does anyone want to go do a, a free shoot so I can try it and, and see if you can get someone to go out with you and, and experiment with it. And, uh, it's really so much fun to use it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Get your feet wet, right? And then yeah. once you get your feet wet, you can decide if it's for you and if you want to continue you know, moving forward. I think I think that's awesome. In fact, you know, um, being that I know the guys over at Magmod, uh, we didn't talk about this prior, Jeff, but yeah, can we uh, maybe throw in a coupon for these people? Maybe a $10 coupon they can use to oh, yeah. save a little bit of money?
0: Yeah. I was going to hit you up for that anyway. So yeah, let's do that. <laughs>
1: let's, awesome. Let's awesome. Well, that. you know what? Let's just, uh, I, in fact, I'll just mention it right now because I, I can talk to the guys and get something set up. Why don't we just make a coupon Master Photography? Okay. And that way people can log on there when they go to the coupon box, type in Master Photography, save themselves $10 and,
0: and try MagMod out. Nice. Excellent. Let's do that. Okay. Cool. So Master Photography coupon code, and you'll get yourself $10 off to uh, to give this stuff a try. Okay, now the the stuff we haven't talked about yet that we have to is the new Magbox. Yes. <laughs> so, so how is the, what is this? How is it different? What is the Magbox?
1: Yeah, so the Magbox is basically Magmod's first uh step into the a little bit larger modifiers. Um, we have heard for years that people say, Hey, we love all the smaller stuff you're doing. It's all very fast and portable and quick. And in fact, you know, I forgot to mention one of my favorite things about MagMod is, is all the modifiers up until recently have made, have been made out of silicone. So I can literally just kind of crunch it up and throw it right, in right. my bag and I don't have to worry about it. Um, it's not going to break. There's no, you know, it doesn't take up space hardly. Right. And so that's always yep. really nice. Uh, the new products are a little bit different. So it's a little bit different realm. But uh, basically, we've heard from a lot of photographers like, hey, we love everything, but we need a softbox. We need uh, something a little bit bigger. So when I'm doing portraits, maybe I'm doing portraits of a bride, um, you know, on a, on a wedding shoot, for example, or senior, for example, I want to be able to have that softbox. And so Magmod, we decide, you know, we don't like to do anything the normal way. <laughs> <So> <laughs> right? We, right. We, we like to come out. We, all of us at Magmod are photographers. And so we always are talking about our own shoots and like, what was convenient? What wasn't convenient? What was difficult? And so basically the MagBox, it was designed uh, with, you know, this input. Um, And it's essentially it's a 24 inch softbox allows you to pop it open and close it or excuse me, open and close it like very, very quickly. There's uh, no really difficult screws or anything in there that's difficult. It literally just pop in and out. Um, I encourage all you guys to go check out a video of it. It's really fun to watch, even just opening and closing it. Right. Um, it comes, there's, so there's the mag box. Uh, we call it the mag box 24 octa softbox. And then we have the mag ring. And so the mag ring is basically, it's the way we attach our softbox. So the mag ring sits inside of a, a cold shoe on your light stand. Uh, so you have your light stand, you set it up, you put your cold shoe, then you have the, the mag ring slides inside of it. And then the softbox just attaches to it magnetically. And what's great about the mag ring is that you can actually have two flashes side by side. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's cool for if you want extra power, yes. if you want faster recycle times. Or one of my favorite things, Jeff, is is when I'm on a dance floor, for example, you know, I mentioned I shoot weddings and I have my assistant and they're shooting with me. I do not like it when there's like more than just a couple light stands even on my dance floor like if i if i see four or five six light stands like i'm like no 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 (laughs) and so what i love about the mag ring is with the dual flashes side by side i can turn one for me and i can have my assistant set one up as well and we don't have to have these extra light stands on the dance floor when we're shooting sunset photos of a couple like they can get different angles but they don't have to set up their own light they can just put theirs right with mine right so it's it's really nice in that sense um and then the last product, real quick, sorry, I, I didn't mean to talk this long about no, you're all good. No, you're good. Keep going. Uh, the last one is the Mag shoe. The Mag shoe, basically, it's a, it's our version of the cold shoe uh, made much better than, than we've seen anything else out there. It's essentially just allows you to adjust your, you know, you slide your flash in, you close it down really quickly, and then you uh, can adjust it with one hand. So if you've ever been shooting and you decide you want to adjust your angle of your flash just a little bit right now, you would, you know, have to put the flash or the camera down a little yep. bit, you know, whether it be on the ground or in my spider holster or on my strap. Go up kind of with two hands, Loosen unscrew a little screw bit. Up. adjust it, screw right. it back in. Yep. And yep. now with the mag shoe, you just go up and with one hand you press a little yellow button and you can adjust it. <clears throat> really easy and convenient. And so, yeah, those are the three products, the mag shoe, mag ring, and the mag box.
0: Excellent. Yeah, they look it, and you the, the feature you didn't mention that I love the best is again, how easy it is to gel it. Yeah, there's a, there's yes. a spot to put gels in there. They're way bigger than the gels we've talked about already. These are these are much bigger because you're going inside of a much bigger modifier. But mm-hmm. it's just as easy to put a gel inside of the mag box as it is in the with the mag sphere and, and the other lighting gear. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, you know, I just put a video out on YouTube where I actually show where I, I gel the softbox with you know a CTO which is uh-huh. an orange gel, a CTB a blue gel, and then I also did a CT. G, I guess if you can say that, it's a basically a plus green gel, um, and gelling my softbox. Now, I wouldn't want blue light on my clients or green light on my clients. I don't want them to look green or blue, right? But I can adjust my white balance in camera and right. change the color of my sky. Right. So within seconds, I can have a orange sky, making it look like an epic sunset. I can have a really blue sky, or I can have even a, like a magenta sky. Um, and it's all because of how the color I put on my clients and then balance for it so that my sky changes color, but my clients look beautifully lit. So kind of fun.
0: Yeah. It's awesome that it, there's so much creatively that you can do when you consider the gels. There's so much to go there. So many yeah. ways to make different looks and and make it go. Okay. So, so that's kind of the the basics of the gear. I wanted to make sure everyone understood that. Um, what the gear is there? Because the names you you don't necessarily know what it <laughs> what it's supposed to be sure. doing, and and I I hope that they kind of get a sense for. It. You should definitely go to the website so you can see more things and and check out the videos that are out on YouTube because that that'll help you to understand how these are being used. You have all those videos of of photographers that are describing how it is they got really creative shots and yeah. how the Magmod gear helps them to do that. So there's really a lot of information about how you can use that. I want next then for the next, let's say about, about 30 minutes. I think we have about that long for the next 30 okay. minutes. I want to talk about kind of lighting setups, some things that you, you do with your mag gear and it doesn't have to be mag gear. You can be anything to, to do Absolutely. this lighting, but, um, but it helps with the, the mag mod stuff because it's so easy to change it. You can run through several of these options in a single shoot and get a whole bunch of different looks have a lot of of, uh, fun with your client and they just like, wow, (laughs) especially like you said, changing the the color of the sky, being able to show them that, that it happened and it was in camera. That's I've heard you describe this where it's like you're a magician and they love it. like a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. All right. So you you had a, a WPPI in 2018, you did a presentation uh, it's an hour and a half long YouTube video. We'll put a link to it in the show notes so that you can see the whole video if you'd like to. Um, but you presented seventeen lighting setups. How many of yeah. those do you think we can get through in the next half hour? You know, I could I could go fast. <laughs> we can we can certainly get through them. That's no problem. I would I would certainly
1: encourage everyone. Yeah, if you get a chance, um, go put that video on. Like you said, it's an hour and a half long, so it's a little bit long. You can skip through the first fifteen minutes. Sure. Or so. Um, so it's a little long, but it's it's a great way. So I kind of have like a, a story that I like to use when I'm on photo shoots. And now, granted, I'm not going to use all 17 of these in, in one single sure, photo shoot, sure. right. at least usually. I mean, I sometimes will just for fun if I'm challenging myself or something. But but typically, I'll just use it like, have you ever been on a shoot, Jeff? And you're like, you kind of get the shots and, you know, you're thinking, OK, I feel like I want to do something else, but you can't really think of it or you know, you set up your light a certain way and you're like, ah, I
0: guess I got it. I, I don't know. I feel like there's other things I could be doing, but I don't know what. Yeah. You not know? only that, but it, it really helps your client to feel the value of you as a photographer. If you you get the money shot, you get like the guarantee, like these are going to mm-hmm. be the shots they were hoping for. We got those. Yep. Let's, let's move on. Now let's do something fun. That's how I always like to say it to the client is like, Okay, I, I know we have some good shots here. We're going to have something to use, but you guys want to play around a little bit? You want to have some fun with this? Yeah. And then, exactly. And, and that like engages them way, way more. They yeah. are so, they're like, um, Sure. How do you do that with photography? Because they've usually never seen it. And like, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. And I throw throw in the gel. We try something, and then I show them the. And man, they just like light up. They they are so much more excited to to try stuff out. And um, and then like, well, what else can we do? And (laughs) and we keep going. So absolutely, I, I think this is a really fun way to engage your client and give them something that like, they're going to come back after you've had these kind, this kind of experience and you're producing these kinds of photos, they're going to come back and they're going to tell everyone about like, they're going to go back and be like, you can't believe what they just made that these photos, I can't, I don't, I didn't know this was possible. It's really cool.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to literally go to their friends on, on Instagram or wherever and they're going to say, wow, we just got our photos taken. And the guy was literally a wizard. He was like a magician out there. (laughs) You know, you know what's funny is um, one of my favorite times, like I tell photographers all the time, if you're going to get better at something, you need to basically let your clients know like, hey, our shoot's going to go from five to seven um, at seven o'clock. It's going to be dark. But if you guys have like 15 extra minutes, I would love to just experiment. It might not work. It might not be perfect. Right, right. Um, I might not even give you the photographs. We'll see. But I just want to experiment and try some new things that I have in mind. And so I literally I won't typically do that ahead of time because I don't want my clients to kind of think like, like, wait, is he going to experiment on us? Like, I don't want them going <laughs> into the shoot thinking that. But what I do is I typically about halfway through the shoot as I'm talking to my clients and we're kind of, you know, prepping the next, you know, 30 minutes or whatever, as we get close to finishing up, I'll usually say, Hey, do you guys have any like dinner reservations or anything after, you know, after the shoot? And and most of the time they're like, no, no, no dinner reservations. And I'll say, do you mind if we just do like an extra 15, 20 minutes just to experiment and try some new things that I've been kind of thinking about, you know, giving a shot. Um, And nearly every single time unless there was some other you know something that you know was uh, taking them away but every single time they're like yes that would be awesome we'd love to do that so take advantage of those opportunities when you're on photo shoots and, and have some fun
0: and try some new lighting setups yeah so
1: Okay, so do we give them seventeen of them? <laughs> yeah, seventeen of them, and,
0: and I like the story. I like the, this mechanism to help you try to remember it, so that okay, hey, the the story. So maybe I, I think that's fine. As long, if you think we can get through all seventeen, let's let's do the story, so people can try to remember it. And I like the okay. point of the story is it's to help you think about all the different lighting setups you might be able to try out on a shoot. So in whatever yeah. conditions you've got. You can kind of run through the story and be like, okay, I want to try that one because that the conditions here seem good for it, uh, yeah. or this other one, or, you know, it's just a way to generate ideas so that you're not out there going, well, what should I do? Yep, exactly. You know,
1: and I got this, this memory technique basically from a guy named Jim quick. I don't know if you ever heard of the Jim quick, uh, he has a quick memory podcast yeah. or something like that. can't remember the exact name, but he basically, it was funny. One time I was listening to it in the car and he, he tells his story and then he goes, okay, can you memorize that story? And I, I was thinking, yeah, I can memorize that story. And he goes, well, you just memorize the first line of the periodic table of elements. And I'm thinking, wait, what? And he goes back <laughs> and he kind of tells us, tells, you know, he names each one boron and you know, all the different pe- periodic table are the elements. And immediately I was like, that was really cool. So I did it to my kids and I asked him one day later, I waited 24 hours and I said, okay, now tell me the first line of the periodic table of elements again. And they told me the story back just perfectly. And I was like, that's cool. That I, and so immediately I started doing it for more things in my life, including my lighting setups. Excellent. So as weird as the story is, it's just to help you visualize something. <laughs> and then if you're on your next shoot and you're struggling and you're trying to think, what should I do next? Then I want you to think of maybe an awkward part of this story that you can remember. Maybe you don't remember the whole story, but you remember some of the parts of it. And if you can remember parts of it, then you'll remember some of these lighting setups. So you want me to go ahead and share the story, Jeff? Yeah, let's go. All right. So um i basically as i'm telling this story guys i'm gonna try to emphasize some of the key words and then we'll go back and i'll kind of name these lighting setups so uh like for example i'll say you're you're sleeping you wake up at one in the morning so again i emphasize the word one okay so we're talking about one light there um let me if, if, well i'm trying to think should i tell the story yeah do the, the story all, first and then the, then the, then let's the lighting us yeah. as we go yep. so you wake up it's one in the morning so one light so that's our one light setup it's just i typically put it at about 45 degrees to the side okay um you you step out of your bed and you go out the door and you cross the street. Now, when you cross the street, I'm, I'm emphasizing cross because that's called cross light. So typically, if you can imagine a clock and I'm at six o'clock and my clients are right in the middle, okay, then when I think of like, for example, let's go back to one light. When I think of one light, I think of it being basically, you know, if I'm at six, my light's either positioned at five o'clock or seven o'clock or eight o'clock or four o'clock, but just kind of somewhere close to the side of me. Cross light is when you have a light, let's say at uh, let's say we're doing at um, three o'clock is one light, and then nine o'clock would be the other. So crossing, you know, the, basically the client is in between your lights. So it's a two light setup cross light. So one o'clock in the morning, I go out the street, I I cross the street, and as I'm crossing the street, I look up and I see this amazing double rainbow. Kind of crazy. I know a lot of people <laughs> right now are saying, yeah, but this is in the middle of the night. Like, how can you see double rainbow? Just hang with me, guys. Uh, The double rainbow light setup is basically where I put two lights to the side. So I have one light, uh, let's say at three o'clock, and then I have another light at, let's say, eight o'clock. Sometimes I'll put them at the exact same distance from each other. Sometimes I'll move one just a little bit further from my client just to there's this cool thing called the inverse square law. So when you move that flash back a little bit, it gets a little bit less light on your client. Um, and I use, I love my, the double rainbow light. I use it all the time. So again, I, I think of it, if you guys ever go to a show, um, you know, like a Broadway show or something, you're going to see two stage lights and they'll, you know, somebody's singing on the stage and you'll see two lights hitting them from either side. So it's, it's, that's kind of where the inspiration came from was this, you know, the two lights coming in and it essentially, I say double rainbow because it's basically two lights from the side and then they kind of meet in the middle where my client's at. So. Right. Um, and it's magical. <laughs> it's magical. <laughs> so, uh, so again, one light, uh, cross light, you see the double rainbow. Uh, as you're looking at the double rainbow, the, the sky starts to change color and you're like, what in the world? What is going on? So it's changing from orange to blue to green to magenta. It's just changing all these different colors, you know, of light. And, and what I'm explaining here, when I, when I talk about this lighting setup is you're basically, you're putting gels on your light And then you're changing your white balance in your camera. So you're changing the color of your sky. So if you want more of an orange sky, you're changing your white balance in your camera from don't, don't shoot on auto white balance, change it to like a 10,000 Kelvin or, or even just put your lights, your white balance setting on the, on the one that says shade, right? The house in the shade, and then use a gel, like a blue gel on your, and your, uh, you know, whatever, whatever flash you're using. And what that does is the sky or the background behind your client's going to change color but they're going to look naturally lit. They're going to look well lit. Um, so the, the, the color on them looks perfect, but the sky behind them is going to change. Uh, again, I know this is a lot easier when it's done visually. So right. there's lots of videos on YouTube. There's uh, one that's, if you just search Maggel, sky correcting color. Uh, if you go back and watch this in 2018, you'll be able to see some examples of it. Um, you know what I'm going to do, Jeff, I'm going to step back. I'm going to do the story really quickly. I'm just going to go through the whole story and then I'll go back and just, we'll we'll fill in the, explain each one really fast. Is that okay? Yep. Do that. I think that'll be easier. That way we can keep kind of that consistency going with the story. So again, you wake up at one in the morning, you go out the door, you cross the street, you look up, you see the double rainbow and behind the double rainbow, the sky is changing color. So it's changing from blue to orange, to purple, et cetera. Suddenly you see these clams falling from the sky again. I know this story is crazy. Just bear with me. You see these clams falling from the sky and that's, I'm referring to clamshell lighting, which we'll get into in just a second. And all of a sudden these beams of light are coming out and they're zapping the clams. And so again, that's the, the beam light is what I call it. Um, at that moment, this big suv pulls up i like to think of this big large black suv and it has these enormous rims on it we've all seen one of those going down the street right. we're like you know it's always the rims that stand out <laughs> and so that is my rim light setup um, from there that beam of light that was zapping the clams actually zaps that suv and it splits in half i wonder how many people have already turned off this podcast
0: <laughs> i don't think so i think everyone's glued to it they want to hear about this lighting setup <laughs>
1: They're like, who is this weirdo? Right. (laughs) So, so this SUV is splits in half. And when it splits in half, that's my split lighting out pops a ninja. Okay. That's my ninja lighting. The ninja is completely blacked out. In other words, from head to toe, he's totally dressed in black. That's what I call blackout lighting. He throws this explosion of light, you know, cause ninjas never like to be seen. So you see him and he throws this explosion of light, basically blinding everything you see. And that's what I call my explosion of light. I, I use that as a setup as well. Uh, as you're kind of recovering from this explosion of light, you start to see colors everywhere. So that's what I call my seeing color light, basically just meaning I'm using gels and I'm putting, you know, interesting kinds of light behind my subjects. Kind of like what I had said earlier with that senior Uh, set up and using the color of their high school, for example. So I'm seeing colors. And as I'm recovering, all of a sudden I see these fireworks. And that's what I call my firework light. And I'll explain that here in just a second. And the fireworks are launching from a stadium. That's what I call my stadium lighting. And you're like, this is crazy. Like, am I dreaming or what is going on? So you look (laughs) to the side. It's called my side lighting. And you see that same ninja, but he's sitting there smoking a cigar, leaning up against this huge triangle. So when you look to the side, that's what I call my side light. You see the ninja smoking a cigar. That's what we call cigar lighting, and he's leaning up against a triangle or triangle lighting. So I'm going to just really quickly, just one more time, just go right through the story r- real fast. Uh, you wake up at one in the morning. You cross the street. You see the double rainbow. You see the sky changing color, and you see these clams falling from the sky. This beam of light is zapping the clams, and at that moment, this SUV, this big large SUV, pulls up with this huge rims and that SUV gets zapped and it splits in half. Out pops a ninja. He's totally blacked out from head to toe. He throws this explosion of light. You start seeing colors in your eyes. And suddenly as you're kind of recovering from this, these, you see these fireworks and these fireworks are launching from a stadium. You're thinking you're absolutely crazy. So you look to the side to see if anyone is there to kind of see what you're seeing. And you see that ninja smoking a
0: cigar, leaning up against a triangle cool excellent yes (laughs) all right 17 lighting setups so you can remember all 17 that's the story exactly that's
1: the that's the story that you'll want to kind of well or make your own story right but uh so so that's uh so basically as i mentioned the one light so i'm gonna go back to that clock uh we got about probably 15 minutes like that yep so i'm gonna go back to that clock setup okay so when I explain these, a lot of times I'll just kind of, if I, if I, if the position of my light matters, I'll kind of mention where on that clock it is. I'm, I'm sitting at the six o'clock. I'm aiming my camera towards 12 o'clock. My client's in the middle. Uh, if you guys can kind of visualize that. So one light, again, typically my light's going to be at that um, four or or eight position somewhere in there. Cross and, light. And is when you say when two
0: lights, when we talk about oh. the lights here, are you talking mm-hmm. about using like a, a mag sphere with the grid in this, in the oh. one light? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. So, um yes, previously I was always using kind of like a mag sphere with the grid. I shouldn't say always, but that was kind of my my go-to many times. Um now I'm also using the mag box in a right. lot of these setups. So, ultimately it doesn't really matter which light you use as long as I mean it's because it, every light modifier is going to give you a little bit different look. The softbox is going to give you you know, softer shadows for example when right. you move it in closer. Um whether it could be an umbrella, it could be a larger softbox, it could be a, even the just a flash bare bulb. Um, the the difference is not so much in the lighting setup, but it's going to create different shadows on your subject's face. So if you don't modify your light at all, or you don't use a larger light source, then it's going to be a little bit harder shadow. But you can certainly still do one light. Right? Does that make sense? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I would say I would certainly say my go to though is the MagSphere Mag Grid combo, or now I'm using the softbox a lot on shoots as well. Right. So um. So yeah, one light, four, five, seven somewhere in that range on my clock cross light is just two lights crossing each other. Uh, typically one's behind my client, one's in front and they're just basically aiming right towards each other with my client in the middle. Um, and I'm, you know, so like I said, maybe like a, like a four and 10, right. right. Or, or a seven and two, something like that. Um, my, uh, next one is double rainbow. So double rainbow is when I have the, the lights on either side of me. So I'm pointing my camera towards my client. I have one flash on my right, one flash on my left, and they're both aiming towards my client. Um, changing sky is where I'm gelling my flashes. So I'm using correction gels, CTO, CTB, or plus green gel. And I'm basically using those to put the color light on my client and then changing my white balance in camera to adjust for that. And when I adjust for that, it changes my sky to, to either be super gold or super blue or super magenta somewhere in there. So what comes after changing light sky? So you see the colors changing in the sky and what starts falling?
0: Clams. <laughs> clams, right?
1: <laughs> so clamshell lighting is very popular in studios. A lot of, a lot of studio photographers use clamshell. I imagine Erica uses a lot when right. she does her studio shoots. Um, it's just a very simple, if you think of a clam, you know, light up above, light it down below. And so a lot of times when I'll do this, I'll use a larger light source on top. So I might use like, let's say that like now I would be using my mag box, my 24 mag box on top, and then just a mag sphere underneath. And that just fills the shadows. So typically the light that's underneath from the bottom is going to be a lot lower power maybe half the power or a quarter of the power even than what my flash is on top. Excellent. And then uh, from there, we got that beam of light that's zapping those clams that goes back to what I uh, mentioned in the beginning there, which is just a mag beam. And so in those situations where I want, um, I might be on like the senior shoot tonight, I might, uh, there might be a time where I want, I need my flash further back. Or let's just say, I want just a really narrow beam of light on that senior, especially for senior boys where they're, you know, a little bit more kind of uh, gritty, I guess you could say the girls, you know, we, I typically will use a little bit softer light. The boys a little bit more kind of gritty or grungy kind of light. Um, so I might just have like a really narrow beam of light on my senior. And what's cool about it is when you have that really narrow beam of light, you can darken down everything around him. So I might be in the middle of Phoenix and there might be cars and people and everything else. And I could put a light on him and just have that really small narrow beam of light and everything else dark around him, which is kind of fun. Right. Um, so that beam of light zapping those clams up rolls the SUV with the big old large rims. This just refers to rim light. I think sometimes we we don't give ourselves enough credit when we um, are on a shoot. And we're trying to think of what, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And it's like, hey, just take that one light that you had set up next to you and go move it behind them and just shoot a few silhouettes with that rim, rim light behind them. That's a very, everyone knows rim light. Everyone knows how to do it. It's just one light behind the client. So super simple, but sometimes we just forget about it. So um, split light. So split light, I basically will just take my rim light and I'll move it to the side of them and I'll still have them look towards me. So this is almost more, um, you know, the position of the client. I'll have them look towards the camera, but the light is on the side of them. So if you imagine that clock, it's going to be at that three o'clock position or the nine o'clock position is typically where my split light is. I might move it forward just a little bit um, you know, in between the eight and nine position or four and three position, if that makes sense, just to get a little uh-huh. bit more on them. But, uh, but split light is just gives me a kind of a, a nice where I have half them in the light and half them in the shadows. Um, so when that SUV is split out, pops the ninja, the ninja, as I, uh, had mentioned, uh, ninjas don't like to be seen. They like to hide. And so when I think <laughs> about this lighting setup, it can, it, it's kind of funny, Jeff, cause it's not really necessarily a lighting setup as much as it is a position, and so what I mean by that is, is oftentimes we could have a really cool lighting setup. We could just be using a one light, a cross light, double rainbow, whatever. And we're trying to think of something else to do. And the ninja light just reminds me like, hey, find something to put in between you and your clients. So go hide behind that tree and shoot through the leaves. Um, Put some little fairy lights. I don't know. Are you familiar with those little fairy light things? Those little battery operated fairy lights? Yep. They're in my bag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So grab some of those, put them in front of the lens. Just imagine yourself as a ninja and hiding from your clients. You're shooting from around corners or through lights and things like that. And so all that is that, that when I call it a lighting setup, it's basically just reminding me to do something a little bit unique and kind of hide. And the funny part is, is every time you do that, the clients are like, wow, he's like, on the ground shooting through little lights and stuff like <laughs> look, look at what how, he's willing to extra, do to get the shot yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and they they think you're doing extra work like you're going above and beyond to create some really cool things for him right. and so again that that lighting setup ninja light is just in there so i can remember oh yeah do something unique and different step back put some lights in front of you things like that yeah okay um so ninja is totally blacked out uh this actually blackout light is exactly what i had just explained with that senior using a very strong light source put it right on your clients really nice and close And essentially black out everything else in that scene. So I can do this, you know, I've done this at one o'clock in the afternoon one time actually um, using the new mag ring. So I had two flashes, two AD200s, the Godox AD200s. I put them in the mag ring. I put it nice and close to my client. And at one o'clock in the afternoon with no shade in sight, we were on top of Mount Lemon. I was able to make the scene entirely black, which was really cool.
0: Very cool. Um, Yes.
1: Yeah. So, so that's kind of fun. So, Blackout Light like, basically just is me reminding myself, like, just make everything dark and just have my clients stand out. I even have clients request this shot, which is really cool, Jeff. They'll actually, uh, they'll be, you know, hiring me for their wedding they'll say, Hey, you know, I saw one photograph on your website where everything looks really dark and it's, you know, you get in, in the art world, we call that art, uh, white space, even though it's not white, it's black, right. but, um, that all that white space there. And, and, uh, I've had certain clients actually request that two of them, um, have specifically said, can you do one of those images where everything looks black? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So. And,
0: and if you're of, in a wedding situation, there's a lot of times there's very distracting stuff in the background that the backgrounds yeah. are super busy, maybe got like all the tables in the, in the reception or Whatever's there, there's lots of stuff that's not very desirable to have in your photo. So you don't have to go all the way dark, I guess. You could have a little bit, but it's really nice to be able to draw the attention to the model or the, the people that you're trying to take the photos of rather than the background that's super busy and distracting.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I, I do not like
1: cars in my photographs. So even if a car is out of focus in the background, I just don't like it. Um, no matter how much bokeh (laughs) that car is, I just, you can always make out the wheels and the doors and everything else. And so, so if there's ever a situation where like, like, let's say I'm trying to photograph a couple in front of a hotel room or in front of a hotel and there's valet parking and there's a bunch of cars going in and out. Sometimes I'll just say, you know what, let's go to block out light. Let's, let's just block everything out and just kind of create like a more, um, it's a very romantic scene actually. It's kind of like as if everything around him is just dark. Right. It's just the couple by themselves. So kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so the next one is just the opposite, explosion of light. Explosion of light is basically where I'll turn my flashes around. So let's say we're close to a wall and instead of being on my clients, I'll have it point towards the wall. And essentially I'm just creating this explode. I'll turn them up really bright. So I'll I'll put them at, you know, full power, half power, something around those lines. And I'll create this just explosion of light that usually will create kind of the silhouette. Um, I say usually because there are times where I might have, let's say I'm in a room, for example, and I want to make everything white behind my client. But I know that that light is going to bounce off the wall. It's going to bounce off the ceiling, come back around and wrap in front of them. And so sometimes if I just want to make the scene behind my client white, I'll use the explosion of light and that light will still wrap around and light them from the front side as well. And, um, and what, so what magma mod modifier? Oh, I'm sorry. That. Go ahead. What,
0: what magma is this? The the bounce mag bounce.
1: Yeah. So sometimes I'll use the mag bounce. Yeah. Cause the mag bounce is going to help spread that light very quickly. And so I, there's a good example where, um, again, I believe it's in that YouTube presentation, but it's, it's where I put a, a mag bounce on the ground behind a bride. It was in a very busy bridal suite. There was lots of stuff going on behind her. I remember there's, it was a conference room actually, and there's these shutters and they were really ugly looking. Uh-huh. I was like, Oh man, I wish that we weren't getting ready in this room. But after the bride got ready, I just put a flash on the ground. I turned it up to full power. I put a mag bounce on it and I just had that light bounce off the wall and literally just i i i I hate the word nuke but i mean just nuke everything (laughs) behind her just made it completely white um and so we had this really beautiful it almost looked like i was shooting against a studio backdrop or something so yep yeah so that's my explosion of light so imagine you get this explosion of light all of a sudden you're seeing colors colors just means I'm, i'm just adding gels so again it's just that little reminder to myself like oh yeah don't forget do do a photograph with some gels you know um so we've talked a little bit about that already. Right. So the next one is firework light. Firework light is basically, I think of patterns of light, some interesting patterns. And the way I create interesting patterns of light is I take my mag beam, which is what I talked about earlier that, you know, you create that beam of light. Well, if you collapse it down and it comes with two lenses. And so if you change it from the telephoto lens to the wide angle lens, you can now put these little steel uh, mass in the back and the base of it. And the little steel mass, they have patterns. So they have slits of light. They have um, like, like flares and stars and just interesting patterns of light. And that's what I call my firework light. It's basically creating these interesting patterns on the wall, uh, doing something unique and different. So excellent. Yeah, that simple. Stadium lighting is essentially, I'm just taking two lights and I'm putting them behind my clients. So think of rim light, but just putting two of them. And then I usually will have, uh, some kind of third light, whether it be on my camera or to the side, um, sometimes I'll even, <laughs> I've done this on a, on a few occasions, I'll do stadium lighting, so I'll have it behind them and then I'll just put myself up against a wall. So I'll have my back to a wall or even like a window, something reflective, and I'll basically bounce that light off of the window or the wall and it'll light them up. So uh-huh. I'm lighting them up with that, you know, reflection, that light coming off that, that large light source. So it's a nice soft light on them. But then behind them, I get these really cool kind of star patterns of light. And that's why I think of stadiums. when you look at stadiums and you squint your eyes just a little bit, you'll see these little stars up in the stadium lighting. And so that's what I that's what I call that stadium lighting, basically just two lights behind them on either side. And then I'll usually shoot at a, a little bit um, smaller aperture, like F8, F11, something like that, where I can create that little bit of star pattern, right? Um, so that's stadium lighting. And then side light. I mentioned that one. That's just simply... Um, uh, oh, sidelight. I'm sorry. I, I, got, I got mistaken for myself. I was like, wait, didn't we talk about this one? We talked about split lighting. Side lighting is basically I'll take those two flashes that were my stadium lighting and I'll take one of them and I'll, I'll leave it kind of, I'll put both of them to the side of them. So imagine just for a second that you put both your flashes camera right. And, and then you have your clients. um, So one of them's behind them a little bit and one of them's in front of them. So instead of doing, it's kind of like a cross lighting, except for instead of having the flashes across from each other, they're just on the same side of each other, but one's behind one's in front. Um, I love this when I have couples walking towards me when I'm looking for a very natural, like walking type of pose. And then I'll have one flash lighting them from the front and one flash lighting them from the back. So it's a really easy, simple lighting setup. Cigar light is just something I do. I was inspired by this by because I did it at a lot of weddings when the guys go out and they smoke a cigar at the end of the night or something. Um, it's essentially just one light to the side at that three or nine o'clock position. But instead of having the person look straight ahead and get that split light pattern, I'll have them look towards the light. So I'll have them just turn and look towards the light. It's This is what I do all the time. Whenever you're shooting cigars or smoke or any of that kind of stuff, put that light to the side of them and you'll really create that cool dimension in the smoke but I even love it. You, you don't have to have a cigar to do it. You can do this with anything. Um, in other words, it could just be the couple, you know, standing there looking over to the side right. and you get this really cool pattern of light the kind of the gradient that falls off on their cheeks. So it looks really nice. And then the last one, sorry, Jeff, I'm not letting you talk. You're, I'm just no, trying to get good. all these in. <laughs> this is great. The last one is, uh, you're like, this has been the easiest podcast. <laughs> That's I don't right. to say anything. <laughs> um, the last one is triangle lighting. Triangle lighting is basically just think of three flashes on each corner of the triangle. And you set up those three flashes. And literally what's so cool about triangle lighting is it doesn't matter where you move around that triangle, you get some really pretty lighting setups. You get rim light, you get side light, you get, you know, nice straight on light. And so I use this a lot for uh, receptions. So right. not only will I use it for couples when they're outside, if I have three flashes set up and ready to go, um, but I'll also use it for receptions when, you know, I'm, I'm photographing people on the dance floor. I'll just put my lights in a triangle setup, and then I can basically move all around the dance floor and, and get pictures of people.
0: Yeah. And I know Erica, this is, she swears by this one. This is uh, yeah, this is how she does receptions too. All right. I yeah. want to go back real quick to rainbow, double rainbow yeah, this is Erica. Made, she she said, make sure you guys dive deeper into that one. <laughs> so so th- this is one that, that I think you're actually pretty well known for. So let's describe that a little more detail. Double rainbow. What's it's it's at the just to the side of the camera, maybe a little in front of the camera. And then are you 45 degrees pointing towards your models?
1: Yeah, so I'll have two lights. So one will be on my camera left. One will be on camera right. Um, they'll, they'll either be pointing or oftentimes I'll just feather the light in front, meaning that I won't point it directly at them. I might point it a little bit. Like imagine the space between me and my clients. I might point it more towards that, okay. just a little bit to the side. Um, and I've done in the past, I've done two mag spheres. I've done two mag bounces. I've done two grids. It, it, I mean, you could do it. You can mix it up a little bit. It totally, it doesn't necessarily matter which modifier you use. The lighting setup is going to be the same. It's, it's more what you're looking for. So just give an example. Uh, if I use two grids, then I'm looking for more controlled light, but I have an example where I did two mag bounces and I really wanted to light up the desert flora because the, the couple was from Chicago. And so I really wanted to kind of show off the desert flora so they can have those images showing that, Hey, they were married in the desert in Arizona. Um, but, but yeah, so, does that make sense? Yeah, so I just so have the two lights, one camera center, left, one camera right. And typically they're
0: they're off, like you said, about 45 degrees or so, something like that. Okay. But if, the, if you're going to move them a little off center, are you moving them away from the camera or towards the camera? If they're a little. So the edges yeah. of the light are reaching the model, but which direction are you turning them? Um, uh, let's see. I, I thought I heard un-
1: understood your question. Then that last part, I, I lost you. So <laughs> okay. you're saying that if I'm moving the lights away, so I would, if I'm, if I'm going to move them off center a little bit, I'm going to move them more, oh, a further angled out. So in other words, instead of having, if I'm at the six o'clock position, instead of having my lights at five and seven, you know, that would be very kind of flat lighting. I mean, I could use that for like a group. Like if I shot right, family photos, right. I would use that. But typically for double rainbow, I'll be moving my lights like like four and eight, uh, okay, I got if that you. makes sense. Yes. Or four. And I, I might even go four and nine if I really want a little bit more edgy lighting on my left side. Uh-huh. Um, and then one other thing I just want to mention is what's cool about this is you don't have to, you can set the flashes at the exact same power. So if, if it's ever, if you've ever been out there on a shoot and you're like, man, I don't want to set up groups A and uh-huh. B and try to control one and control the, the other. Yeah. And you just want to keep it as simple as possible. Just set them both at the same exact power. I right? I typically start around one thirty second power usually, okay. um, and then adjust from there. But let's just say I, I put my flashes at one thirty second power, and you go, you know what, this is good. But I want one side to be just a little bit brighter than the other. Then all you got to do is let's say your flash on the right is ten foot ten feet from your client, or yeah, let's just say it's ten feet from your client. Just move the other one back about fifteen feet from your client, and now all of a sudden it, it sounds so basic. It sounds so obvious. But that one that's 15 feet back is going to be less powerful, right? right? Um, we don't even need to get into the, the mathematics of it. It's just the obvious <laughs> case that if a light's going to be closer, it's going to be a little bit more powerful. And so now you can keep your flashes at the exact same power. You don't have to worry about any of that. And just by changing the distance, you have a little bit these kind of lighting ratios on your client. So you have this beautiful light that people are going to be like, wow, what was your lighting ratio? And you're like, uh, <laughs> uh my flashes are at the same power, right? <laughs> but,
0: but keep things simple, right? It doesn't have to be difficult, right? Okay, so that those are the 17 lighting setups. It's a very helpful thing just to think through them and and go try out all of them so that it can become like a normal part of your capability as a photographer when you when you get a vision of a specific kind of shot you want to have. Now you have 17 different ways to try to accomplish and of course there's others that you could come up with. But this is a good way to have a, a some diversity in your lighting mm-hmm. setups and and try to try stuff different do things that are, are different from other people. I love it. If and and we went through it fast and and it's hard uh because it's audio only to visualize it all. So go check out the video because that's what Trevor went through all of these in a lot more detail and has examples too, photos, sh- some shots of of each kind of lighting so that you can see what it looks like when it's done well. <laughs> so that mm-hmm. you can you can try to replicate that in your own shoots if if that's something you want to do. Anything else we should talk about before we close up the show here? Ooh, no, I, I think the biggest
1: thing is I just would encourage everybody just to keep experimenting, have fun, play. I, you know, I mentioned earlier about the engagement sessions and and just scheduling a little extra time for yourself uh to 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 practice and play. Um I have six kids, so I have lots of people that I could, you know, as use as models, but none of them really want right. to <laughs> behave when I want to just play with my flashes, right? Like, they're like, really, dad? I, like, oh, I've got the same. You have to do this again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know? So so just encourage people. Like, when you're out on these shoots on wedding days, I typically don't have that time right, to play. Because right. obviously, we have timelines and things like that. So when you schedule your next shoot, whether it be a senior, couple, whatever, as you're going, just, just ask them. Say, hey, if you guys have 10 or 15 minutes, can I play? Can I experiment? Can I have some fun? And don't be afraid of messing up. Right. You know, because that's, that's how we learn. Or, you know? or, get, or another failures, idea would right? be.
0: Go, go to your local high school and see if they know of somebody, a senior graduating that they know can't afford to have senior photos taken and see if you can contact them and say, I I want to do your photos for free. Um, So you you have like the charity aspect there. That's really nice. And now you can go try stuff. Like they don't have expectations because this is free. (laughs) So, yeah. So go try. Absolutely. Something like that. You
1: know, there's one. Well, I'll say one more thing, Jeff, that I would add as well is, is there's a thing called forcing functions. Forcing functions just means that you tell somebody you're going to do something and it basically, now you have to do it because you've, you're forcing yourself to do it. Like, like for example, if I told my clients like, Hey, we're going to shoot sunset photos. They're now expecting sunset photos. Right. Right. But take it another way. If you have three or four friends nearby that are photographers, tell them, say, Hey, let's schedule a date two weeks from now. I want to teach you guys these different lighting setups that I learned. And now you have two weeks to learn it. Right. 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 So now you basically are, you you set this forcing function that you need to now teach this. And the best way to learn anything is by teaching others. That's why these podcasts and stuff are so great because, you know, Jeff, you get to be on these and and interview photographers and teach others. And the whole time as you're teaching, you're learning absolutely. And so learning tons. Yeah. So, yeah. So force yourself, tell yourself like in two weeks, I want to teach you guys these lighting setups. And now you have two weeks to learn it. And you're going to, you're going to, you know, instead of, you know, wasting your time on Instagram or doing <laughs> right. something—I don't know what, whatever it is—instead of uh, browsing the internet, you're going to actually learn these different lighting setups. That now, when you go out, and teach it, it's going to reinforce
0: it in your mind, and then on your next shoot, it's going to like it's going to be like a piece of cake. Excellent. So. Okay. Well, before we wrap up every show, we we have a doodad of the week, and I didn't prep you for that. So, you, if you <laughs> can think of something that you've used recently, and it could be MagMod gear, but it, it, it's something that you want to recommend. Um, that you've used recently. I'll give you a second to think about it while I tell mine, which you've already mentioned, and I've already had on the show numerous times, but I'm going to do it again because I am so impressed with this. It's the Godox 8200 flash slash strobe. Um, And I love that they call it like a flash strobe because it behaves a whole lot more like a strobe than it does a flash Um, because it's powerful, like way more powerful than... Uh, the normal flashes you might be thinking of or used to, and the recycle times are really fast. I'm amazed. So we we used these at the retreat. We had them in our model bay, and we had the model bay was open every hour of the day that where we had sessions going on and training and classes that people could attend. And if there wasn't a class they wanted, or if they just prefer to go spend an hour in the model bay getting some shots. They could wander in there and we had models rotating through four different backdrops with different lighting. It was really, really fun. Everyone was playing around with stuff. It was awesome. So fun to experiment with. And we had these 8200s and I was just shocked. I went in there a few times just to make sure like, hey, are the batteries still okay on these. And I was like, it went all day long with people shooting at, mm-hmm. in, in these different backgrounds and they the batteries were just fine. We had to charge them overnight, but they went all day long no problem and it was it was really really awesome. They're they're not completely inexpensive at 300 bucks a piece, but they are very very worth it and it really can help you to unleash your creativity on a shoot by having them. Yeah. And we the the lighting stuff we talked about you can do a lot with one. You can do even more if you have two. And in in some rare cases, I think there was only, well, maybe one of those lighting setups that required three lights. Is that right? I remember, yep, right? Exactly. Yeah, the triangle light really is the only one that requires those three lights. So, yeah. so if you can get two of them you can, you just have so much open to you to be able to go and and be super creative, impress the heck out of your clients. And then the word of mouth will just sell you for them and they, they'll, they'll want to have their, you make their photos for them. All right, Trevor, yeah. did you think of one? Yeah. You know, it's funny. There's two that
1: come to mind okay. and, and one of them is, is I would probably classify it more than a doodad because it's kind of expensive, but okay. <laughs> I, I just picked it up this week and I'm having the time of my life with it. It's the, um, it's nothing new. Uh, it's been out for a good year or so, but it's a, DJ, a DJI Mavic Air. Okay. So it's a drone. Um, and I, I realized, like I said, I think it's eight $900. And on top of you, buy all the little accessories and everything. And I think I spent around 1100 bucks for it. But um, the reason I, I'm enjoying it so much is I have another drone. I have a Phantom um, from previously. And I don't really use it so much on weddings. Um, I use it just, you know, I don't know, to have fun, uh-huh. go out with my kids. And I might take a picture here or there. But what I love about the DJI Mavic Air is it's so small. Right. It's basically the the width or the length of my you know my iPhone, um, just a little bit thicker. So yeah. about the thickness of a Twinkie and about the length of my iPhone. So absolutely having a blast with it. I would say more of a doodad or something that's a little bit more inexpensive that I'm actually enjoying as well as we recently outfitted our whole house with uh, Google Home Minis,
0: uh-huh.
1: and so we we have these little Home Minis everywhere in every room now. And they're about 50 bucks a piece. But what's nice about it is, is we'll use it to broadcast messages. So instead of yelling to my kids, Hey, time for dinner. Uh I just go on there. Hey, Google broadcast time for dinner. Come downstairs. Right. And and every room gets it. Um, But the one, one thing I really like it for my business and what I think how photographers can use it is I love to time block, so I love to basically on my calendar say, okay, from from eight to nine, I'm going to do this. From nine to ten, I'm going to do this. From ten to twelve, I'm going to do this. And again, it kind of goes back to that forcing function. If you tell yourself you have two hours to edit some photos, then you're going to do it during those two hours, right? Kind of forces you to do it. And so I love the Google Home Mini because I can actually I have one on my desk, and I can, uh, you know, what if I do the keyword right now? It's actually going to <laughs> yeah, pop you're up. You're going to hear but, it. Yeah. But I can say that I can say the keyword, and then I can say, uh, what's on my calendar for today? And it will basically tell me, like, hey, here's your calendar. This is what you have planned for today. Um, Which is what I really just kind of like. It's just a simple little doodad, but it it helps me with my productivity, my planning, my days, and
0: knowing what's on my calendar. Perfect. All right, excellent, Trevor. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this is. I'm guessing we're going to have really good feedback because uh, people have been asking for a long time for us to talk about Magmon more in more detail. So thank you so much for coming Mm -hmm. on and help us uh, to describe that a little better. Hey, it's my pleasure. And and if any of
1: you have any you know specific questions or anything, I can help you out with. You feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at Trevor Daily. Last name is kind of funky. It's D A Y L E Y. But Trevor Daily, uh, Instagram,
0: Facebook, website. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to help you out. Excellent, love it. Okay, and uh, I want to remind everyone you can find the show notes, which is going to be important for this episode, so you can go get the links to the YouTube video that we've been talking about. Uh, at masterphotographypodcast.com that's where all the show notes for all of our episodes are at. You can go also we'll we'll make sure to post in the master photography podcast Facebook group the uh, the show there too. and I'll probably I'll try to remember to put a link there to the video as something that you another way that you can get it. and you can figure out how to join that group over in the show notes at masterphotographypodcast.com We do ask, just to keep the bots and the spammers out of the, out of the group. We, ha- we make you answer a question about a host naming a host on the show. So Jeff will work. And from today we have Trevor, um, <laughs> Instagram. You can follow us at master photography podcast and you can find my work at jsharmanphotos.com. My other show over at phototacopodcast.com. Facebook. I'm Harmon, Jeff, Twitter, Harmon underscore Jeff and Instagram, Harmon, Jeff, and all of that's at the show notes. so You don't have to remember any of it. Trevor, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, they can uh, follow, uh, excuse me, they can find me at uh, on Instagram, just at Trevor Daly my website, treverdaily.com. So, hey, I got to apologize. Uh, my office is right next to our laundry room. So
0: I, I heard the laundry. just. <laughs> well, I on. didn't hear it. So we're <laughs> probably fine. <laughs> all right. We, uh, we're so glad to have all you listeners listen to the show and we will see you again again in seven days.